This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Yo, 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 it's your boy LA coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. We are back, fam, and we lit it up. Yo, special thanks to those beautiful angels that came on last episode. Y'all feel me, man? The streets have been hot. They've been yelling LA. LA is back, back, back and better than ever. Well, maybe. Who knows? Tell you the truth, peoples. <sighs> yo, Tony Tony's, uh, he's still preoccupied with them ladies, so... I gotta level with you. I've had the craziest month. The craziest. I mean, I fell in love with a thick girl. Thanks to Tony Tong, because I used to always go them skinny girls and the thick girl friendships on my ass. Oh! Somebody! Oh! He needs some milk! Uh, some people took some shit from my house and I got that back. Another girl uh, asked me to cheat in her exam and wanted me to pay some people off the door and I said no. Um, and then a lot, lot more drama, you know what I mean? So, on that note, I've decided to get a very, very special guest in your filmy man. And um, he's got a really, really interesting story to tell. He goes by the name of Anoke a.k.a. Knox, the destructive defense. But I'm going to give you a clue to begin with of where he was actually from and where he was born. Yo, 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 we back, we back, we back. So I'm going to hand the microphone and allow the man to introduce himself. And okay, let's start off with who you are, where you were born, and in your sort of, your formative years, what was it like growing up? And then I'll just grab back on the mic, man. Over to you, fam. Jimmy, man, uh, LA, LA, man. Appreciate the opportunity, man. Um, first and foremost, you know, guys, is uh, my name is Inoke. I do go by Knox. Um... I'm an American football player, you know, here in Australia. Met my met met my boy uh LA. Um <laughs> through a mutual friend, you know, and, and things been great. Um, you know. But uh but yeah, I'm born and raised in uh in Southern California. So from Compton, California, um, Lee Land sides. Um, you know, life there was pretty pretty insa insane. Um Yo, so I mean the reason why I wanted to, to, to raise the issue on Compton fam was that there's been we all grew up with, you know, your Snoop and your Cube and NWA and there's been a glorification of not only gangster life, uh, even today when you watch you know, like Migos or all, all the modern rappers, right? 
But there's this sort of people, like a lot of people that I met have been like, yo, I went to Los Angeles, I went to LA, and I wanted to go to Compton to see what it was like. You know, I mean, like, I grew up with Ask Cube, How to Survive in South Central. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, can you explain the fact, because you say Compton, people automatically think kind of gangbangers and whatever. What was actually it like living there? Is it something, do you see gangster shit every day, or you in a certain pocket where you hear about it? Like, how does it work? Were you in like a blood, a crib, a Mexican area? Like, you know, explain a little bit more, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, like I said before, uh, you know, Southern California, you know, and you, when you when you grow up in our area, it's not that you see it every day. It's just the way of life there. Um, so, so if if to answer your question and just to be clear, so everyone knows, yeah, you you see thugness everywhere. Um, you see the 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 influence that the ganglands has put on in our area, and I mean it's it's pretty brutal. Um, for example, man, um, my parents were taking the church um, growing up, so we maintenance the church and everything. Um, and one day, you know, a couple of uh, some loose boys came and started tagging up the church. And my cousins were out there and they tried to defend the church, try to stop them from tagging it up. Um, cousin ended up that night losing an eye. Um, so it's it's pretty serious, you know. And and it's no joke, like you said, man. People like people want to go to L.A. They want to see California. That's understandable. But Compton is not a place where you want to just go and just chill and and hang out. You know, it's not a place to go and sightsee. You know, you can't necessarily go there and people watch because when you do that, they'll normally pull you over and ask you what you got in your pocket because um, that's just how the streets are where I'm from. Um, so, yeah, man, that's 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 hopefully that answers your question and, and your, your your viewers uh, questions. Yeah, no, it does, man. And I think that like it's an important thing to to point out that um, for me, like, you know, a lot of the stigmas of those sort of parts of the world is they always say that, you know, you, you can't get out. So you either end up in jail, you know, you, you're dead, or you just sort of gangbang to you an OG, and then, you know, something else going to kind of pop up. But uh, so how did, how did you sort of, uh, through, I guess, first of all, you obviously, you know, parenting is an important thing, like good upbringing. But where did you go? I mean, you were Compton as a kid. So how did you? How did your journey begin? And where did you go afterwards? And and what was your avenue? Like, were you good at sports? Was it uh, education? Was it a mixture of both? Like, how did the journey continue from there? Um, that's a good question. Um, uh, it's a lot of things. You know, this this goes in a lot of different directions. Um, it's like a very complex math equation but let's just you know simplify it into yeah people don't normally get out um people don't normally leave but in in my case in everyone's case it's, it's special it's a bit different but in my situation it was the upbringing in a christian household my father's a pastor um my mom was you know an incredible woman um she put family first my mom is actually the one who put food on the table um so when you grow up seeing your mom you know grind and and get that money and and make sure you're fed and dressed and stuff like that it, it plays a toll in your head to to do better and you know the the constant you know bible studies and all that i think that all helped um and the the most important factor i think was sports was the love for sports you know because you grow up in our when you grow up in our area you become very kind of tenacious in a way in that manner 
and just like the way you carry on and when you're walking the streets and the fact that you can play sports and unleash some of those emotions. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really want it like You can hit the shit out of people and, and you know, not get fined and get tossed in jail. And a lot of our, you know, a lot of the youth and kids partake in those sports to get out of trouble. Um, you know, and that's just the way it was. So sports took me a, a, a pretty far away in life. Um, it got me out of the, the, the slums and put me in a place. It gave me the opportunity to, you know, be beside you right now and be talking on this lovely thing you got going on, man. I no, appreciate it, man. So, so you went from Compton and then you went to uh, <laughs> down the dirty south, fam. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You you went from, you went from crip walking to southern fried chicken soul food down south, some man. Country some country music, you know, like spoons and shit. <laughs> but yo, so um, so you went from you went from Dallas and then you were in Dallas for for a little bit and then the story I wanted to bring up um was you went to Oakland for a little bit and and just explain Oakland so you know for for many that for many that don't know like uh Oakland is is famous for for you know a lot of sort of sports celebrities come out of there sway in the morning uh historically was famous for the Black Panther movement which was uh for me an incredible uh, social push i mean there was there was a lot of connotations with it but I mean, if you if you really look into it, and I'm sure the FBI taping me, you'll say something different because I hated them. But it was really for the people and that kind of that kind of pushing, that kind of social movement. Which means that what happened in your situation is kind of Oakland, but yet not Oakland. So, can you explain to me how old you were and what happened when you were there as well? Yeah, man. Um, I moved to Oakland, like you said. I was in, I was in Dallas for quite some time, and then uh. My parents got called um, by the church, our, ch our church headquarters in Tonga, um, to move to Oakland to to run a church there, and it was a the reason why we moved, and it was a good move to be honest, in my dad's favor. Um, like I said, my dad's in the line of just you know preaching the gospel, and my dad went from just a basic minister to the prime minister in the, in our organization. Wow. Um, and Oakland is actually the headquarters for America. In our in our denomination, um, so our church is called Shastonga Hoeki, which in English that transfers into the the Church of Tonga Royal Family. Um, and yeah, we moved to Oakland, and and it was it was pretty intense. Um, it, I don't think it was anything really compared to Compton, um, but you know when I moved there, we moved into the Dubs, which is like every more like most cities, big cities, instead of names, they use numbers. So you know when when you live in the you know the teens like you're 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 okay because that's closer to San Francisco. Yeah. You get into the dubs and then into the, like the the higher numbers. You're that's where it gets dangerous. Yeah. Um, and it was it was crazy, man. Like going to Oakland, you saw the lifestyle, man. You you know you run into a like crazy music, you know. Um, the heartbeat. 
the yeah the hyphy music big booty i'm hopping letting all the people watch me why coca-cola shake that body bitch you know that you a hottie here we go wolf pack make your booty bounce bopper big booty stretch bitch let it go let it go wolf pack make your booty bounce bopper big booty stretch bitch let it go let it go yeah do that let it go no hands let it go this popping on the hands let it go yeah that's where it start E40, man. Like, um, so it the hype there, it, people probably think is a little exaggerated, but it's not at all. Um, the Bay is is the Bay for a reason, and it's 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 an incredible city. It's also very dangerous. Um, but it's 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 Oakland. I mean, and so and so what happened to you there? So what happened there? Um, so yeah, we 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 moved there and. And and that was just the peak of my my sports career. Um, when I was back in Dallas, you know, I was I was, I, you know, to be humble, but to just get to the point, I was I was the man. Um, played American football. I was a, I was a stud. I had college offers already. Um, well, not college offers at that moment, but I had college looks. So colleges were calling me asking, hey, you know, can we talk stuff How like that? I was uh I was in. Eighth grader going to ninth grade, and I was a freshman when I moved to to Oakland. Um, so I was in ninth grade. I don't really know how old I was. I was probably like four, 14, 15, um, very young. Um, and yeah, you know, moved to Oakland, and and the, the where we lived was actually pretty dangerous. And we had to move. We had to not move away, but we had to go to a school thirty minutes down the road because it was a bit safer. And so when you say uh, dangerous is it? Is it because people automatically think of sort of like sh shoot ups and punch ons and and gang shit and whatever? So I mean, what do you what do you mean by you went from an, an area where you would it, there was just bound to be trouble and then you so you had to go by bus thirty minutes to what su suburbs or whereabouts? Excuse me, but yeah, um, we, yeah, we we drove thirty minutes down the road into like a, a basically a, a white neighborhood that had a white school and um. And it was a it was a lot safer, and yeah, and it, it is dangerous. You know, my first month there, um, there what there's this thing called the BART station, where it's like it's similar to like our our uh, public transportation here, like the train, DART or whatever. Yeah. So there's a BART station there, um, and my first month there, six police officers died from shooting, in the in the train station, like in a train, um, and it's insane, man. Like, there's a lot of things that was going down, but um. Uh, and because, like, my athletic ability, I ran into some problems, you know, was able to, you know, that's when, you know, you're starting to wonder how the, the bees, you know, the birds and the bees work. <laughs> and, um, you know, started messing around with a little shoddy, um, got myself caught up, she had a little man, and then, you know, things went went south from there, you know. Life got threatened, parents had to jump the gun and send me back to Dallas. So, so let me get this straight. So basically, you hit on this young lady. Young lady had a boyfriend. You did? Did you know about the boyfriend? No, 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 so no, you didn't know about no. the boyfriend, and you found no. out. Like I said, man, I was a star. Girls, I'm Tyrone, and I came to fuck your wife. Well, fuck you. No, stop. Girls were interested in who's this new kid right here scoring touchdowns, you know? So when you go to school and then they talk to the other football players, like, yeah, who's this? Who's that? You know, Knox was just, like, you know, the name Knox was just roaming the halls. Um, 
And this girl, you know, I mean, she was a dime, you know, like, golly, man, I still remember her. Um, and she, she was interested, but she also had a man, and you know, the man didn't take that too lightly and threatened my life, and you know, we had to jump the gun and you know make a career change. Ah, uh, so, see, and I think what was important you explaining what. Oakland was because I mean here some might say like yo motherfucker I'm gonna kill you and you'd be like ah well you know show me your shooters whereas in in Oakland it's kind of like when they say it there's there's obviously a possibility that it's gonna happen um so uh, so then you you go back to Dallas but uh, is is your mom and dad still in Oakland? No, they're they're my folks currently reside in Hawaii. Um, but did they go like, in Oakland? Yeah, they stayed they they stayed in Oakland and then they sent me back to Dallas. Um which basically they contacted like my old high school and got away to where, you know, I was put into foster care um and had foster parents um to finish my my high school career. Um which actually, you know, did me pretty well. Ah, uh, cool. So had how, how did the foster family come about? I mean, how do you how do you is it through sort of like a church network or is it the fact that they're aligned with the, the high school and, you know, because high school, college, whatever, football, I mean, it's Texas, like it's almost a religion, dare I say it, down there. So was it just like, yo, this is the star player, we need to help him out? Yeah, um, that's kind of how it just went down. Um, the, the foster parents that I have now, great people, by the way, um, they, they're part of the football program. Um, they're heavily invested in in the football program, and they're you know high school alumni, and you know they they saw an opportunity to to help a child in need. Well, I would have said a child, but teenager in need, and and bettering his life. So they took the you know they took the chance in in bringing me in, and you know here I am today. Ah, oh, cool. So we done sort of the more the more serious things. So y'all tell me, man. Is it true that the star players get a lot of pussy? You know what I mean? Because I know you the church, but but come on, man. Like, this is your Saturday night version. Tell me, fam, do you get pussy being a star player like in the movies? I was wondering if I could suck your dick. <laughs> I don't even know you. Isn't that the best part? <laughs> you know, there's a code of being an athlete, and we all know it. And if you're an athlete out there, from America, you know, we don't kiss and tell. It's just something that we just, you know, you have to find out for yourself. Um, but because you're my boy, you know, it, it's true. You know, like you just walk around campus and you're, you, you're, you're not just an average student. You're the reason why they have things to do on a Saturday night, you know. So and you walk around campus and we got flags everywhere. And we got pictures of us just on the fucking light post. Come watch our game on Saturday night. Come watch our, you know, come watch the game on Saturday night. And then right after the game, then it's, it's, it's you, on. It's on. <laughs> you have one hell of a game, my man. You're getting one hell of a broad. It's as simple as that. Um, and, yeah, man, it, in, in the States, it's, it's, it's tradition. It's a lifestyle. But in Texas, it's... It's religion. Um, the game of football is just incredible. It's it's unheard of. My high school career, right? 
in in high school, we would have a hundred thousand people there watching in high school. And you said a hundred thousand people at a high school game. Yes. Yeah, man, for for sure. This and if you don't believe me, just go ahead and type in on on YouTube, Eulish Trinity High School football, and it'll show you that we hold the record in America for the most attendance in a high school football game. Okay, so uh, on the social side, uh, you you obviously had uh, difficulties to face, and then you you had that ability to sort of excel within sports after going through high school and playing for a hundred thousand people uh what was what was college like now i know it's a, it's a while to 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 cover it but we'll try and keep uh to short and sweet college football is huge you know what i mean and and, and the thing that i that really got me uh, i've traveled a lot through america was yo they're more into it than than like professional sports you know what i mean like you sitting down the pub drinking in austin and it's college football you go up to new york and you banging them hot dominican girls fam that's a story for another day but again college football college basketball uh, and then what was crazy for me i was in new york and i went to madison square gardens and uh i was on 21st street right so it's a little bit of a walk up from chelsea but it was like $20, $25 for like the front row seats, which would cost me thousands for the next the next day. So I was like, oh, well, I wonder what it's like to be so close to the court. And I'll never forget, I think it was Michigan State was playing. And this dude was next to this banging Colombian goal. Well, I don't remember because I'm looking at the board from thinking, damn, I should just slap this dude stupid and take the girl, man. And run run with the jewels of the crown, fam. I would have hit Anyway, so, but this dude is losing his shit over college football. I still, uh, you know what I mean? Like, Australia, you know, is a sporting culture. But we never go that freaking crazy over our equivalent of university games. So, where did you go to college? Um, what was the experience like? And then, I guess, how did you end up in coaching? Um, so, let's, 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 yeah, I'll get to that. But let's take it a couple steps back. Um, in high school, I was actually one of the top defensive players in the country. Um, so I had a, I had a good amount of uh, colleges to pick from, and these are all full-ride scholarships, so I didn't have to pay a dime. Um, and actually, we had stipends. So you, you, you don't technically get paid in college. Like, the, the, the whole deba- debacle right now of, like, we should get paid is, like, we should get paid at least $10,000 a month type thing instead of, you know, two grand every three weeks but anyways um you know in high school i ended up choosing to go to southern methodist university so i went to a school that was that has the christian name it's but it's not christian based at all it's not religious based at all um actually fun fact there's about four nfl hall of famers that went to my university including all-time great running back eric dickerson um so yeah I, i went to to smu and was able to play, you know, and I was actually the top defense. The I was actually not the top recruiter, uh, recruitee there. There was actually a guy named uh, Daniel Gresham, the, the dude's a monster. But anyways, um, yeah, became a defensive all-star there. Um, played a couple seasons, and then 
unfortunately, I, you know, had way too many concussions. So then I became medically disqualified um, because of the fact that my brain can turn into a bunch of fucking mashed, I don't know, strings and, and yeah. Lately, it's been difficult to talk about football without mentioning concussions. Why? Well, mounting concern over a disease called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, more commonly known as CTE. So that, that's that's my path through through college, and you know it was, it was a hard one, but um, but college was incredible. Um, and I'm not talking about doing 25 page research papers. I'm talking about getting shit faced at fraternity and sorority parties, um, partaking in in Pike. So yeah, I am I am a part of a, a fraternity. As bad as that kind of sounds, don't judge me. Um, and yeah, so so college was great. The football was great until you know ran into my little you know bump in the road. Um, and overall, it's it's incredible. The atmosphere in college football is intense. Um, you know, I'm used to playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Um, the games get so loud that you can't even hear yourself communicate with other players on defensive schemes and play calls. And it's pretty insane. Ah, uh, so what was the craziest party shit that you saw when you were at college? I'll pass it over to you in a tick fan, but, you know, if you don't want to implicate yourself, I understand, but, like, what was some of the craziest shit you saw when you were in your college days? Yo, you'll love this one, and I can actually show you videos. <laughs> um, So my freshman year, there was um, basically initiation. You know, uh, you had to go through... A bunch of bullshit to join a fraternity, which I did, um, and it was worth it because when we, you know, find out that we joined, well, we were accepted into the fraternity, it was it was amazing. What was the bullshit shit you had to do? Oh, bro, they haze you like a motherfucker. <laughs> um, I'm talking about you guys don't have them here in Australia, but I know you know what forties are. <laughs> M malt liquor is the disgustingest shit. To ever exist, but anyways, um, you know, think like they they duct tape malt forties to your hands, and you can't, you can't, you know, you gotta drink them, and they're not they're not cutting you free till they're done, um, you know, they make you they, you know, spray the ground with water, and then, you know, you gotta be in like a plank position, and then they start kicking you in your ribs, um, but it's it's pretty rough. And honestly, if, if any of my uh, fraternity brothers are listening, you can go suck a dick. Um, and, and yeah, um, the, the party after when we found out we were accepted, man, was fucking insane. Um, and it was the first time I actually seen some crazy shit. We, we actually rented out this, this venue called, um, at the time it was called, uh, fuck, I forgot the name of the bar. It was like, no, it's a nightclub. Um, but yeah, that's not the point. Anyways. We hired about, or the the fraternity hired about like seven girls, and we watched seven girls fuck each other, till all of them came like six, seven times, and it was insane. 
And at the end, when they were all done with the little orgy, they made all the freshmen kind of get into the. It was a, it was like a pay pin, in a nightclub. So it's like. You got so much space around you, but there's a cage technically. Yeah. So we locked them in there like animals so they can fuck each other. Um, and then and then they put all the freshmen, so there's about like seven of us. And then we like they make us sit down on these chairs. And then these bitches are literally like, and it's crazy, bro. They're sitting there like, playing with us like, but, oh, man. That was the greatest memory I have from college besides, you know, playing ball and, and you know, the other parties and et cetera. <laughs> You've just inspired me to keep doing podcasts. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually inspired to keep doing podcasts after this story, fam. You know what I mean? So, yo, look. So, anyway, so to, to, to just finish off the story, so, yo, he finished up, came from college, and then he ended up in the land of Australia. So, we're just going to chill out for, you know what I mean, one or two minutes. You know what I mean? And uh yo, we're gonna come back with some uh, with some fresh new stuff. Straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios, and yo, that shit was crazy. So yo, just to uh, just to bring it back after a little bit of a Migos stir fry, which is a current banger, and you know what I mean. We might even play a little bit of Drake later on if you if you're good. So yeah, so basically, um, Anoke, aka Knox, went from the uh, Orgy Central, uh, got concussion, and then he's uh, come to Australia to coaching, right? And so, you know what I mean, from now on, he's going to pretty much move to, you know, wherever that sort of coaching thing happens, and we wish him all the best. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a journey. To be head coach takes time, right? Um, now, in, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a mix and match right here. So we're going to do a little quick chat on the Super Bowl because we got all. And then after that, uh, yo, I want to know how you – I want to know – oh, damn. I'm just seeing videos of what actually went down. <laughs> oh, okay. This is happening live on radio as we speak. <laughs> Shit has really got fucking wild in the jungle studios. Yo, you know what, man? Everyone knows that the Eagles did well in the Super Bowl. My mind has fucking changed, all right? Tom Brady's great. How do I pick up bitches in Tonga? Because you have Tongan heritage, right? You know what I mean? We probably should have mentioned that a little bit earlier. But fuck it, you're finding out now. <laughs> I've just watched an amazing orgy. 
<laughs> oh man. Um, but um, but yeah, picking up Tongan girls. I mean, I think you'd probably have to ask someone else because I don't hit on Tongan girls. I like him pink, you know. Oh. So I mean, all right, but you know, I I do I am Tongan first and foremost. Um, I'm fluent in my language. Um, and and to answer your question, man, I, and Tongans, man, we're we're blunt as hell when it comes to picking up women. We don't we don't sit there and flirt. To be honest with you, we're more like direct, because Tongans understand time, and we're not gonna waste our time. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you when you when you walk up to a Tongan broad, and you you see her, and she's looking nice. <laughs> one one saying that we use in in Tonga is. Hey, Fefe Hake, Taru Eva Givao. Meaning, hey, how you doing? You want to go sneak into the bushes? <laughs> and and that's just how it is. Yeah, you know I mean, so let me get this straight. You over here and you like sliding in DMs and like you're finding funny memes and you got all this fucking you banter, emojis, all this complex shit, right? And if I'm in Tonga, I can just be like, yo, we can't go to our place because we got brothers, sisters, cousins and we'll whoop our motherfucking ass, but we can go to the bushes and get busy. <laughs> and that's exactly how it is. Because um, imagine this. You know what a Polynesian fucking looks like. You don't want to see their brothers and their dad. Like, there's no way. I, I'm Polynesian and there's no way I'm going to do that, like, ever. So the only option you have is to go sneak into a bush. And hopefully there's other bushes beside it. Because if you get caught, you're getting your ass whooped. And I hope the pussy was worth it. <laughs> you know what I mean, man? So so what's some other things other than going to the bush that you would say to a Tonga woman? So if you direct, like what are some other, you know what I mean, moves in the island when, I, when I'm over there, you know? Because... One of the best lovers I ever had was actually in Fiji, to be honest, you fam. So I'm starting to think, you know what I mean? Have money, we'll travel. Maybe I maybe I need to go replenish my stocks, you know what I mean? Of the virtuoso, which was Fijian love, and uh, Bula Bula. <laughs> and then uh, head over to Tonga. So when I do, fam, what's some other moves and things that I can say to them? Bula Vinaka, Bula Vinaka. Um, shout out to all the Fijians out there. Um... Man, if, if you ever want to do hit on a Polynesian, I'd suggest the Fijian, to be honest. Because they are they are really the most friendliest Polynesians out there, I think, in my opinion. Um, Tongans, Samoans, Hawaiians, um, they're all assholes, to be honest. Like I said, like Fijians, I think, actually have a proper way of addressing women. You know, they don't disrespect their women. Not that we disrespect our women, but they're not... They're, I think Fijians are more like the, the the romantic type of all Polynesians. You know, they like to wordplay, because if you listen to their music compared to our music, it's it's kind of similar, but the way their their flows is more romantic. It, it's got that twine to it. You know what I mean? Um, so like, yeah, I mean, if you want to address a girl, a Polynesian one, you know, it's 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 best to like kind of just look at her and then realize and then go home and then come back with like punchlines or like. You know, icebreakers and shit. But if the if the yeah, but if if you was in the club, yo, and you run into one and she fancies you, yo, then why not? You gotta hit him with this. Hit him with this. Hi, or 
Actually, just be like, Malolele, Kokoyo Gutalavo Aupito. And if you can kind of just repeat that, I'll repeat it again. Malolele, Kokoyo Gutalavo Aupito, meaning you are incredibly gorgeous. So, I mean, that, and that's just word for word. There's, and like I said, man, we're blunt. If you ever hear a Tongan guy say that to a girl, she'd laugh. Um, because you're wasting her time now, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's just how it is. That's just how our, our people are. But I'd highly suggest you go after Fijian. Fijians are beautiful. So, once again, <laughs> RAF has somehow come over some incredible information by accident because I'm whipping off my head, <laughs> to be perfectly frank. Not, not in okay. He's he's been a good boy to all the colleges out there that can still resign. <laughs> so yeah, here we go. The lesson for today: go pick up Fijian women. <laughs> On that note, it's your boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So listen, I'm sorry, Tony Tone can't be here, but he would tell you to love yourself because no one else will. And all sounds not as good as for me, so Tony, add that in. <laughs> Anyway, it's LA. Peace to the family. I'm an out, I'm out, I'm out till next week. And okay, send your regards to the family. Appreciate it. Um, mom, dad, if you're listening, man, appreciate it. Love you guys. I miss y'all terribly. Um LA and Tony Tone. Tony, you bastard. I miss you. Um and LA man, I appreciate the opportunity, man, just to enjoy this moment, man. I appreciate the glasses of of uh this rum, man. It's incredibly nice. <laughs> Um, Tim Tams, man, never had it before, but it's perfect. Um, yeah, once again, man, LA, appreciate the opportunity, my man. Thanks, man. It's your boy. You know what I mean? Your homie, your doggy dog, and I'm out. <laughs> we gotta see more pictures of these OG, bro. <laughs> Came through drippin', drippin', came through drippin', drippin', came through drippin', drippin', diamonds on my wrist, they trippin', bitch, you a thot, ain't trickin', put her on the knee, make her lick it, protect on my wrist, in the glistenin', uh, the bitch got mad, I dissed her, you ain't nothing to a rich nigga, how I put a check on a bitch nigga, fuck your whole set and your clip nigga, got a gang full of dud, it's broke niggas, Diamonds on me, what's the price? price. I'm not getting involved with the hype. hype. I'm too rich to get into a fight. Too rich. 50 racks got my gym fit in tight. Pay that price and them boys come and wipe ya. Wipe ya. We had to dispose of the diaper. Yeah, we trap every week, every night. Where my movie too smooth, no indictment. Hurt. Yeah, figures are lightning. 57.90 in this biting. When I got a meal, I got excited. For the cash, I'ma turn to Michael Myers. But guess keep dripping, dropping. Trip. My wrist all liquid, watch it. Turn the bitch, jump on my dick and pop it. Yeah, yeah. get a little bitch to deposit. Hurt. Hurt. Can't do 